Okay, welcome back to the Undrafted Podcast, episode four. Um, I'm your host, Jai, and today with me I have a new guest, uh, Max Somer. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Excited to be here. Excited, first time. Yeah. Have you done something like this before? No, no. I mean, I, I have a lot of opinions, yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> never was brave enough to record them. So, Well, that's what we're here for, <laughs> yeah, the opinions. Exactly. Um, so it's a bit of background. I guess we've known each other for what? Eight, yeah. eight years now, I think. 2020, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, when you moved to London in 2012. 2012 yeah. yeah. So eight years now. Um, and now we just go to school together again, close by. Yeah. So that's a small world. Pretty cool. Yeah. It all <laughs> came full circle, basically. <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to start off with some, some Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, your team, United. How is it? How's it feel right now? <sighs> I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I was sort of one of the early opponents of the, to the Scholarship appointment. I just I I didn't understand it as you the know, permanent manager. As 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 a permanent manager, even like even in a minor capacity mm-hmm. involved in the club didn't didn't make sense to me. I mean, he he has no record of managing any team, remotely near the the size of United. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he got fired from Cardiff. Yeah. Um, did a terrible job there. So I other than the sort of club legend status which isn't even true in his case i mean he was he was a great player superstar he wasn't at the at the pinnacle of no, some of those players no no I, he you know he scored some important goals yeah oh, obviously goal. in the champions league final yeah, yeah you know, that's he's a, he's a big name in the club's history but not certainly i wouldn't say a club legend yeah. um and yeah just it seemed like he was so out of his league you know we would we would be we would go down in the first half and the team would go in at halftime, and the second half we'd see no change. It yeah. seemed like you couldn't motivate the players tactically. There was just a just a, a complete, you know, he just looked lost. Um, and I think now, to be fair, he's coming into it. He's really coming into it. He's made some some big decisions. Dropped Lingard, mm-hmm. dropped Pereira. Uh, I think he was heavily involved in the Bruno Fernandez signing, which looks that to has be, been great so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like he's been incredible, amazing, player. exactly what you needed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's. He's. I think he's coming into his own a little bit. Credit to him. I don't know. I don't know whether <laughs> it'll last. Whether whether it'll last. And I think we'd be stupid not to act um, on Poch. Yeah. Pochettino, one of the greatest managers. I'm surprised his name hasn't been in the news more lately. Yeah. At least. I mean, I, he was linked with Bayern for a bit. Yeah. That seemed to to kind of dissipate pretty fast, and mm. and now it's you know no no one talks about Poch, but. I think we'd be silly not to not to take him in the summer, especially if we got knocked out of the Europa League. We don't make top four. I mean, what what has Skolshar accomplished that he can point to and say? Yeah, there's nothing major. Yeah, nothing. I mean, what what makes him the right person to take the team forward? All right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think look, we we have an exciting team, young players: Dan James, Mason Greenwood, yeah. coming through, uh, Bronwyn Williams. Mm. Once you get Rashford back as well. Rashford coming back. Who was really good right before he got injured. He right. was in great form. You know, there's there's reasons to be excited. Yeah. Um, and I think it's easy as a United fan, you know, like looking back, oh, you know, Sir Alex, Sir Alex, Sir Alex. <laughs> Look, the t- times have changed. Times have changed. The the caliber of the Premier League is, is in, different. Is, yeah, and it's improving every year. Yeah. So, you know, we can't can't keep looking back five, ten, ten years. You know, we should be excited about the team we have now. Good players, lots of ability. Martial, I think... Is probably in the top five in terms of raw ability uh-huh. in, in the Premier League. Yeah, 
Um, it's just the situation's not perfect right now, but yeah. It's, and and he, I think he has an attitude yeah, problem for sure. You can see him when he's just walking around on the pitch, right? It's yeah. the way he walks. Kind of reminds you, you know, I mean, sports crossover. Um, Towns, Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, the he way plays. he's trotting on the court, he just looks miserable. He looks so miserable. He's like pouting the whole time. <laughs> um, That's quite the analogy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it doesn't hold up, but he's um, yeah. And I look, there there are players I think now that everyone's finally waking up and being like, okay, these these players are not good enough to play for United. Mm. Um, Pereira, <laughs> I know you hate him. It's hard. I mean, Fred, Fred, oh, Fred. Absolutely. We've seen him. We've seen him take, you know, key times in the game. The last ten minutes, Fred's on a free kick on the edge of the box. It's like what, you know, and he skies it, and everyone's like, oh, what a surprise. <laughs> Fred's pumped the ball into Rosette. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I remember when he was the uh, the big signing a couple of years back. <laughs> I know. And it was, everyone was really confused. Who's this guy? Yeah, from, where was he from? Sha- Shakhtar? Shakhtar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fred is, didn't he score the other day in the Europa League? Yeah, he did. I mean, it was it was a 5-0. Bruges went down to 10 men, uh, I think, pretty early on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and you know, Lingard, I think, the, that young player that's not so young anymore. Yeah. He's finally, I think, been sort of. Kind of hit a ceiling. Push to the, yeah, or hit a ceiling or push to the side. Mm. Um, yeah. And, oh, sorry, you can you can cut me off if I'm rambling, but I think Skullshaw has done a really good job of, I think in an, in an interview, uh, press conference a couple, we, a couple months ago, he was like, look, forget about the social media stuff. Football comes first. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Lingard's big on the social media. <laughs> Every day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, all right, that's fine. You can do that stuff on the side. You can have fun. You know, you're still a young guy, but... Yeah. You need to deliver. You need to deliver on the pitch, and he hasn't been. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so since Alex Ferguson left, you've had Moyes, Giggs as an interim player manager, <laughs> Louis van Gaal's Red Army, uh, Mourinho, <laughs> and now Ole. Do you think Ole's been? I don't know if I want to say the best, but like, cons- oh. not even consistent. It's tough. It's ah, uh, I think. Look, I people for whatever reason, love to underrate uh, Mourinho. He finished second. He finished second and Europa League. Yeah, so big. I, I, and in that season, there were some, some good, good teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were far behind City and City were incredible. But I think that's an accomplishment. And I would say in terms of a single season post-Sir Alex, that was the, the standout season. Yeah. But then, you know, look, then look what Mourinho did to the team. <laughs> He he left us in mid table mediocrity with a complete breakdown and unfortunately like as happens with Mourinho teams breakdown in the key relationships that he has with the players mm. completely threw Rashford under the bus um, and so in in terms of the most successful I'd say the manager that's maybe the most excited about United has been Skolshar. yeah because he's brought in young players made key signings Wambasaka. I don't know how much he was involved in this. Wambasaka, Maguire, and Bruno Fernandes are yeah. all three players that, for the foreseeable future, will be the core of the team. Yeah, yeah. core of the team and players that you know. You read the headline, you're yeah. you're excited. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, I when I saw the Maguire signing, I I bought a shirt, literally the the next day. Um, and I'd say, in terms of results, it's hard to say whether he's been my favorite mm-hmm. or someone someone who should like ranks above all the other managers yeah and i think because that one season when Mourinho finished second and won the europe league i think in my mind was the best but 
in terms of managers made me excited about United. Watching United, it's it's Scotia this season at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, looking ahead to the summer, mm. there's a lot of names thrown out, potential uh, signings. Yeah. Sancho is a big one. Sancho. Uh, there was even some Madison, which I don't I don't know if I really <laughs> James see that Madison. happening. I've heard Grealish. Grealish. Yeah. Those are the three I think. Um, but I think signing any of those players means getting rid of one or two now yeah. that you still have. I mean, the, the the big question mark hanging over the team is what's happening to Pogba. Yeah, that's another thing. Ooh, is apparently supposed to be back in training this week. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, he's uh, there. There are all these clips of him with his ankle injury. Yeah, dancing. In a quote unquote ankle injury, dancing or playing basketball with yeah. Jimmy Butler. And, <laughs> so uh, he uh, he's on his way out. He's on his way out for sure. And I don't think we can bring in a a Madison or a Grealish with with Pogba still in the team. Yeah. Um, I also think, you know, there's such thing as having too much of the same. Mm-hmm. And I think now that we have Bruno, yeah, Bruno thrives when you get the ball to him. You get the ball to him and he, he has space to drive into. Turns it. around, open space. Exactly, exactly. And he, he's, he's, a, he's so amazing in the sense that you can see before he gets the ball, every time he's looking. Shoulder check. Over his shoulder, check. over his shoulder. Yeah. And he has a picture of exactly what the pitch is like before the ball comes to him. And, and and that's why he's always making the right pass or mm. shooting or whatever. Um, I think if we have too many players like that, let's say we get a Grealish or a Madison, some kind of creative number 10, you could say, um, we're in danger of just crowding the middle of the park. Crowding the middle of the park. And basically these players that thrive on getting the ball into yeah, feet. People who need the ball. Yeah. To to show their talents. Um, they're just they're not going to be able to do that. So I, I'm a little wary of the Madison and Grealish talk, but I think really we holding midfield, holding. I mean, we we brought we've resurrected Matic from. from <laughs> you can only you from can only resurrect him so much. Oh, he's <laughs> look. I, Matic has been a, a, you know a great player for us, and I, and when he first signed that that season, he was he was top top class. Um, but now he yeah. looks he can't move. What about McTominay? You think he could take over that or no? <sighs> I, he kind of dropped off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I I was kind of neutral on McTominay, and then I went to see Watford uh, United in uh, when I was just at the start of the season in August. Well, that was a rough game, wasn't it? I mean, th- that game changed my opinion on McTominay. He just looked <laughs> absolutely lost. He would every touch was slow. It was in the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, he just clatters into tackles. Like maybe that's the that's the, that's the one <laughs> pro about McTominay is he he really puts his weight around but yeah I, uh, is he a future Manchester United holding midfielder probably probably not I mean maybe he'll develop more but yeah I think holding midfield is really where we need where we need to develop because that's just going to free up all the attacking talent we have mm, yeah you know Bruno doesn't have to worry about tracking back if we have a really solid holding midfielder so I, the names you said Grealish Madison Sancho Sancho do they do they solve that issue? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, look, like they're great players, mm-hmm. and it, I think we'd be having said all that. We, you know, it's it's kind of ridiculous to say, oh, we don't we don't want them. How confident are you in your back four? <laughs> How co- confident? Well, it's it's ridiculous because for for the past three four seasons, I've been looking at our back four and being like. Okay, well, we have the best goalkeeper in the world, in David De Gea, mm-hmm. um, and in front of him are four morons. 
And now... This season's a little better. <laughs> this season's Well, maybe better. De Gea kind of Well, exactly, off. exactly. Yeah. De Gea's fallen off. Many, I think he's he's one of the top two or three goalkeepers in terms of goals mistakes. from from his mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think just after Pickford or tied with Pickford. <sighs> Ironically, just yeah, last weekend. Exactly. They're both really messed up. Um, and now we've got, we've got Maguire. We've got Wan-Bissaka. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindelof is developing okay. Bailly looks... Still a bit of a liability, but okay. And, and I, I don't feel too bad about it. Okay. Um, but maybe I'm naive. I don't know. I mean, what do you... How does, how does it... Like, from the objective uh, standpoint, how do you think? It's definitely better this year. Hmm. That's what I would think. Uh, again, yeah, De Gea. Some just really uncharacteristic mistakes this season. I don't know. I can't think of anything that would have caused those. Hmm. Like, just pure bad luck. I'm not sure. I mean... Uh, did you see the Everton one? Yeah. I don't know if you can I, put that down to bad luck. It's not just... bad luck, I guess. <laughs> Blindness. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, yeah. Um, I'm pretty confident in Juan Bissaka, Maguire, Shaw. He's been not bad. Yeah. Juan Bissaka, the only thing about worries about him is um, attacking-wise, he can't cut in on his left. Mm. And I think everyone yeah. knows it now. Yeah. And they just keep letting him go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point actually, because um, it's it's so clear he's he's very one footed. Yeah. But to his credit, I think since he's come to United, he's definitely worked on his crossing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's um, had some really good, really good crosses. Really, really pinpoint pinpoint balls that have led to goals that mm-hmm. have really really led to goals and helped us out. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's a if you're a professional footballer, you need to be able to use both feet. Yeah. Um, but having said that, if even if so someone like Aaron Robin, who oh yeah, everyone knows it's coming. Yeah, the most famous one-footed player probably ever. He was still He's super so effective. Yeah. yeah. So I d- I don't necessarily think that limits Wambasaka too too much, mm-hmm. but he just needs to be sort of good yeah. enough to cause a threat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. From that one. From mm-hmm. that right. From place. that right place. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely there's a future. Lindelof yeah. and Bai is what you have to sort out. I think Lindelof's side. Yeah. Been better, but. I mean, I like Lindelof because he's decent with the ball, mm. actually. But he's a little erratic, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. But physically... He's quick and physical, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a couple of times... I, he can really keep up with strikers. That's the good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maguire, I think, is still one of the top top few centre-offs in the in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, it, yeah. So generally, the table right now, Liverpool's going to win. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Despite them losing for the first time, it's just a clear given. Mm. Um... City's in second ahead by seven to Leicester in third. Mm. And then there's this huge battle for <laughs> this four, five, six run here. Right. Um, and especially because, assuming, assuming the uh, Man City ban holds up mm. for Champions League, mm-hmm. now there's this extra spot available. Yeah. And you could go to like Wolves or Sheffield or, yeah. I don't know, anyone really. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't have enough confidence in our league form to to even think about fourth fifth mm-hmm. um it's what what is so it's arsenal in ninth have 40 points yeah and chelsea in fourth have 45 points yeah exactly so that's five points separating yeah five places um so I, that's just gonna be a rat race and i don't i don't have enough faith in our league form so i think in terms of united champions league qualification sh- I think our goal should be to win the Europa League, yeah, which is possible. I think the best best team in it is Inter, with which are basically half the United team in there now, Lukaku and Young, um, San, uh, Sanchez. Um, 
uh, I mean, I would love as as a you know not as a United fan as a neutral. I mean, how great would it be to have Wolves? Oh, be so in the fun. Champions League. You know, Sheffield United. Imagine I could just just imagine, you know, (laughs) Barcelona (laughs) drawing Sheffield United in a group, drawing Wolves and having to get on a plane. Lionel Messi gets off the plane. He's in (laughs) Sheffield. Sheffield. (laughs) Wolverhampton. I mean, that would be brilliant. I could just imagine the look on these guys' faces. (laughs) It would be so funny. (laughs) I never thought of that image. Yeah. Um, And, but I think, unfortunately... You, I mean, I think Wolves are twenty, yeah, twenty nine games. It looks like, yeah, um, and the teams below them have have, have a game in hand on them. So Sheffield United mm. and Man United and Arsenal. Yeah. So I would say, if I were to put my money on a team, it w- it would be Tottenham or Arsenal. I think Tottenham just drew a few yeah. minutes ago. To- oh yeah, their game finished. Yeah. Yeah. So Tottenham, Arsenal. I just, I just, I just Sheffield United and Wolves have the quality. I don't know. We have a tough. We United have a tough run of fixtures coming up. Okay. Yeah. So we've got City, and then we have Tottenham. Yeah. So that's a depleted Tottenham team, but nonetheless, still a big game. Still a big game, and Mourinho, I'm sure, will be up for it. Yeah. Um. So it's in London, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. 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 I, I think. I so. think they already played in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think. Look. It'll be it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. I think Chelsea will hold on to that fourth place, mm-hmm. fourth spot, um, and then we'll see what happens with fifth place. I mean, I don't really know how it works in terms of the courts uh, for arbitration for sport. I don't know how their decision, like when their decision is going to be made. I have no idea. It has to go through a couple different organizations. I think so. I think so. Appeals. Right, unless there's some cash under the table to UA. Very well, my problem disappears. I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I, it's tough. It's really tough, I, and I, I just don't have enough confidence in United to say, okay, we're gonna get that fifth spot, or okay. we're, we're even gonna get that fourth spot. So, yeah. so your only hope is winning the Europa League. No, I wouldn't say only hope. I'd say I'm hope. I'm most confident. That would be the best path. The way we qualify for the Champions League is to win the Europa League. Okay, which is which is a trophy. Which is definitely doable. Doable and look, the aim the aim of football is to win trophies. Yeah. Um, so why why wouldn't we? Why you need to focus on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you like? Where do you think? Where do you think the top four, or top five is gonna end? Sort of shake out to be. I think City stays put in second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually Leicester over the last couple of weeks. I think have looked a little shaky. Mm. They've had some rough performances. Mm-hmm. I don't know they lost their last two, and they drew, and they drew, and then they won. It's been not a great five weeks. Um, Wolves again. Like we this morning, we were watching. We just enjoy watching them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know if they're strong enough to hold on to that position. Mm. And anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I don't know what to say about Sheffield. <laughs> I always forget they're still there. Yeah. This the every t- few weeks I'll check the table and they're, oh Sheffield's still in sixth. Oh Sheffield's still there. I don't know. At this point, really anything could happen. Mm-hmm. To that four, five, six spot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's look, uh, the title race is wrapped up. Liverpool are running away with it, doesn't? Yeah, you know, first place. Well, at least they, you know, they lost once. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, I, it's nice that there's some other excitement for for fans of the Premier League. You know, we have got the relegation battle, which is actually very interesting. Always very interesting. Yeah. And and one of the you know we're in we're in North America, and one of the things that I I just 
it baffles me about North American sports is that it's sometimes beneficial to tank or to lose. Yeah. So you can get that draft pick. Get a higher pick. And and in the Premier League, teams are fighting. Fighting to stay in 17th. Like, that's just, it's everything to them. Yeah. Like Leicester City, right before they won the league, the year before, 2015, they were fighting so <laughs> yeah. hard to get 17th. And it worked. And you know, obviously they won. But Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I always think end end come end of the season you have to watch those those relegation matches. You know you see on the zone, some kind of Villa West Ham or Villa Brighton or Villa you know any of these Watford Bournemouth Watford Bournemouth these games you got to watch them because yeah. these these are players first of all fighting to play. And there's a big difference between being in the Premier League and being in Championship. Oh, enormous. And yeah. Not not just in terms of money, but these players you know for their status they, yeah. they don't want to be Championship exactly. players. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that that shakes out. I think unfortunately Norwich are, yeah. <laughs> will will be down, and then the, those other two spots, yeah, those up, are close up in the air. I mean, what what has happened to Bournemouth? You know, people are talking about Eddie Howe for the Arsenal job, <laughs> Eddie Howe for the United job, Eddie Howe for England maybe. Yeah, and uh, now he might that's get not happening. Yeah, he might get relegated. That's yeah, crazy, crazy. Four points separate, fifteen and nineteen. <laughs> so we'll see. We will. Yeah, be good to watch. Good to watch. Um, so we have the Euros this summer, mm. or well, we think we will. I don't know. See what COVID <laughs> <laughs> We can talk about that a bit later if we want. Yeah. But yeah, you know, assuming we do have the Euros, do you think there's a standout favorite? I mean, like, it has to be France, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, after the after World Cup, well, they I... kind of got screwed over with their group. They're in that uh, the death group mm. F with France, Germany, Portugal, and. Um, well, they haven't decided the fourteen yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, I mean, yes, but even in that group, I think even in that group, they should they be. stand out. I mean, Belgium are always, always going to be a f- sort of up there as mm. a favorite. But look, th- this Belgian team has been for years. They've been the next big thing. The next big thing, hyped up, hyped up, hyped up. Oh, you got to watch Belgium. They're the dark yeah. horse. They're the dark horse. Um, and, and especially Premier League fans, they see they see De Bruyne. Hazard, Hazard. Well, previously Hazard. They used yeah. to see Lukaku, I guess. Lukaku, Courtois, yeah, all these Belgian players. Company, mm-hmm. um, and that team's getting getting on, getting old, and what what's their what's their expiry date? I would say it could be coming up, and if they don't win a major, if that team, that group of players doesn't win a major trophy. Yeah, they don't be, have that much longer. Yeah, no, it'll be a disaster, yeah. I think, for for Belgium because. Yeah. You know those play. We've we know how incredible those players are. Yeah. So I think this this is their tournament to win, and maybe the next the next World Cup. Twenty twenty two. God, God knows what's gonna happen with that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think Belgium are gonna feel very strong kind of responsibility. Yeah. Or there's gonna be a lot of pressure on them to deliver to deliver because they need they need a trophy. That that group of players has to win a major a major tournament. I think. How do you feel about England's group, Croatia and Czech Republic, and that fourth place still playoff? But I mean, the Croatia draw. We saw Croatia um, in the World Cup, and uh, you know, quality team. They've always had quality. They've always had. No, they've always been good. There's always been great Croatian players. They've just never been able to put it together like they did in that 2018. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, Modric. Yeah. Perisic. Uh, Perisic. Trying to think, they. Uh, who else? Who else? Do they Mandzukic. have? Mandzukic. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the uh, Rakitic. Yeah. 
Lovren, Rebic, Brozovic. Like these are it's great players. <laughs> itch, itch, itch. But <laughs> top, like you know, top, top players playing in the best leagues in Europe, playing on the best teams. Yeah. Um, and and England, I think, should should be nervous. Should be nervous. But I feel I feel good about this England team. I think now Kane's Mourinho said uh, Kane's looking better. Yeah, looking better. Rashford will be back. Yeah. Sancho's playing well. Grealish, I think, definitely should be. Oh, 100%. Should be in with a. I mean, he'll be in the team, but will he be starting? I, I mean, yeah, starting. I think but still, to bring someone like that off the bench is tough. Yeah, I mean, the, to be honest, the biggest thing that excites me about, about England is Henderson. Okay. He's injured at the moment. Yeah. But he has been. I think he's in a sh- probably in with a shout for PFA Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. He has been the engine of that Liverpool team. And I think one of the reasons these past few weeks they've looked flat has been no Henderson. Because yeah. he's he's underrated in terms of his impact on that team. I mean, he's not a flashy player. He's no, but what he does on both ends, he's yeah. organizing that entire team Absolutely. in the way they run. Absolutely. So I'm I'm excited for England. I think we don't. <laughs> it's coming home. <laughs> oh, it's, I don't know about it. I'm excited though. It's, we have we have a lot of talent. Yeah. I rate Southgate as a manager. Takes risks. I think actually goalkeeping department will be will be interesting because I I don't know if Pickford really he. Uh, he hasn't had a great season. Deserves that number one spot. Um, yeah. Who are the options? Yeah, I, I, uh, Sheffield. I think not Dean, hard. No, <laughs> D- Dean Henderson. I think uh, Nick Pope. Nick Pope was good. I like him. Um, so uh, Tom Heaton, mm-hmm. not bad. So look, like I'd say there's there's good competition for places, and I think England are going into the next few major tournaments with. An exciting group of young players. Yeah. Um. I, I. Can we beat France? Can we beat Belgium? Can we beat Germany? I don't. I don't know. But uh, I'm excited. Yeah. It's good. Good time for English football. I think. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. Let's do some some boxing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had a big heavyweight fight uh, two weeks ago. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just two, after two break. Yeah. Uh, Fury did beat Wilder. Mm-hmm. Seventh round. TKO. The Gypsy King. The Gypsy King lives on. Uh, what do you think of the fight? Oh, I, I'm, t- I'm, t- I don't know. I'm torn to be honest. I, oh, I, really? I know you love him, don't you? I loved, I love Tyson Fury, and I think his persona is brilliant. His story is so compelling. I mean, this is a man that weighed 400 pounds, yeah. suffering from pretty severe mental health problems, drink, drugs, whatever. Lots of issues. Yeah, yeah. and he, and he pulled himself out of the gutter brought himself back to be a heavyweight champion I think that's an amazing story what worries me is that fight changed completely in, mm. in the third round he he got him on the he threw that left jab and then the right overhand ear. right yeah. and uh, cut his ear and so although it didn't burst his eardrum his equilibrium was still messed up yeah, and you could see his legs were, were gone, gone after that point and all of Wilder's power comes from comes from his legs and that scary yeah. right hand. And the entire fight, Fury's just leaning on him, wrapping him up. Right, right. That's every clinch. A big guy just have like holding on to you every every few seconds. That clinch, I don't know. They might. I don't know if the ref's gonna really have a look at that, but it's kind of cheeky what what he did because he had the left arm right, around his almost neck. like a headlock. Yeah, almost like a headlock. And that's two hundred whatever we would have weighed in at two seventy three. Yeah, that's a big man weighing on you. Um, so I. I think the fight changed in the third round, 
and after that it wasn't really a fight and i'm t- i'm surprised either the ref stopped didn't stop it earlier or the, they didn't throw in the towel they didn't throw in the towel earlier because yes he was throwing stuff back mm. but he was taking but he wasn't you know it wasn't real punches yeah. he was taking a lot of punishment so i it, it worries me as a as a fury fan because yes he dominated that fight but after the third round it didn't seem like much of a fight to me having said that he he's the better boxer yeah he's the better he's proven himself to be the better boxer um through two fights i would say so yeah and the the thing that makes me confident for the the rematch the third and the is that i don't think wilder can mix it up you know what i mean he can style yeah i don't really see him changing that no and can he do what fury did get a new trainer completely change styles attack wilder from the from the first belt yeah first bell he ran out into the middle of the ring exactly. and just took that position exactly and the thing about wilder is is you can you can take two approaches with him you can get close mm. and stop him getting that perfect connection with with that big hand mm. big right hand or you can step far back and in this first fight he was really really keeping his distance and using how his quick feet to just move away from him, move away from him and you saw what happened he got caught yeah he got caught, and he rose from the dead, but he got caught. Um, and in the second fight, he did the opposite. He came in really close, clinching a lot, mm. and Wilder wasn't able to get sort of that perfect timing on, on the right hand. Yeah, he never found it. Yeah. So... I think he was definitely taken aback. Right, right. Just how aggressive Fury was. I'm not sure anyone really expected that. No, no, I don't think he's he's ever had a fight like that. No. Um, so... I don't think Wilder can mix it up enough to make make it problematic for Fury, mm-hmm. and I'd be interested to see how Fury takes what what strategy he takes in that that third fight. Whether he decides again to get up in his face, clinch a lot, um, really really reduce that distance, or he again takes that f- that strategy from the first fight and just uses his quick feet to move around the ring. Um, but having said that, <laughs> in any conversation about Deontay Wilder, it's it's just that, yeah. Yeah, that right He's hand. He's the bronze bomber, you know? You don't, <laughs> Any fight, doesn't matter how it's going for him. That Ortiz fight, this the second Ortiz fight he had, he was losing for sure on he the point. He was losing. Yeah. And then he, he found that one shot. Just finds and that's right. all he needed. And that's why he's an incredible fighter to watch. Yeah. Because Not necessarily a boxer, air quotes, but right. a fighter. Fighter, yeah. absolutely. And someone who can just pull it out of nowhere. And you see, I mean, Ortiz is a 40-year-old man. He's been fighting forever. And he gets hit with that. It was a straight right hand right, down to the, the top of his head. Yeah. And he looks, he just, he like, he doesn't <laughs> know where no he is. Where he is. It's just, everyone is shocked by his power. Yeah. And so in the third fight, Tyson could be bossing it, winning in every other sense in terms of points, dominating the fight. One lapse in concentration and, and it's over. So in short, it should be Furies again. But I would definitely watch. You know, people are saying, oh, who wants to watch the third fight? No. No. People will definitely watch it. You have Come to on. watch. You have to watch it. Yeah. Because uh, you know that any any lapse in concentration by Fury and Wilder is putting him to sleep. Yeah. So, I'm excited. It's it's a great time for boxing. Really. Definitely. Because really, cause, that's in July. Yeah. And just the month before that, we have Joshua fighting Pulev. Pulev. Yeah. So, uh, that's 
that's an interesting one because Pulev's so he's the he's the mandatory mandatory I- IBF IBF yeah yeah IBF challenger um but a good fighter he signed with uh, top rank which is mm-hmm. Bob Arum's yeah um, big time yeah so big time promoter so you obviously see something in him yeah and uh, I've I've always been a doubter of AJ yeah always been a doubter of AJ and I I, I just the the Ruiz when he <sighs> lost to Ruiz I was like oh. This is, you know, I've been vindicated. You know, I've always said AJ's not like, yeah, doesn't really have the boxing ability, and he, uh, and I, and I've been sort of proven right. And then he came back, beat. He did what he had to to take it. Did back. what he had to to beat Ruiz. Yeah. I mean, Ruiz clearly was not oh in the state, uh, in his, in the right, you know, in the right shape. Yeah, to, they talk about winning the heavyweight championship or just generally winning any sort of belts and letting it get to you, and mm. I think that really epitomized that. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because I, I would that, that rematch. I think could have been a great. Mm-hmm. Been a great, been a great fight. Um, but look, Joshua's Joshua's a good fighter, yeah. and I, and as much as I like to chat shit about him, he's a great fighter. He's a great fighter, and I probably has a better chance of beating Fury than Wilder does. Mm. Um, just because he's a little quicker, a little bit sort of, I think in my opinion, more. better technical, more technical yeah. boxer, and I also I think heavier. Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit taller, a little bit heavier, a little bit heavier. So. AJ, sh- I mean AJ beats Pulev, Fury beats Wilder again, and then we have a mm. British. Pro- it has hopefully, to ha- it has to happen. Hopefully, there's in no Wembley. way that they don't they don't make that happen. Wembley fight, unification. Yeah, that would be just huge, huge, huge. One of the biggest fights ever. Yeah, no doubt. Has to be up there with you know Rumble in the Jungle, Thriller in Manila, <laughs> and uh, some alliteration with Wembley. For Ooh. yeah, whoa, what? Whoa. Any ideas? Starts with a W. Uh, <laughs> God. Yeah. That's a terrible... <laughs> yeah, it's and Wembley's a terrible place to start with that. <laughs> Some good marketing. Or just something in London. Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, loitering in London. No. The... La... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully almost, they figured it out. Yeah. Some good marketing department's got to <laughs> come up with a good, a good nickname. But yeah. Again, exciting time for boxing. And look, I... I don't really know too much i would say like i i know i like like to share my opinion but i don't actually know that much about boxing <laughs> um uh so i think it's it's uh, i don't know what am i trying to say basically that heavyweight boxing will always attract people yeah that don't know shit about boxing and i think people who love boxing get kind of frustrated yeah they're like oh like the people who watch oh welterweight <laughs> yeah exactly featherweight yeah these people who watch you know lomachenko and and yeah terence crawford and all these great who were taking nothing away from these exactly. guys are crazy exactly. canelo and all these guys oh triple g yeah um but there's just something about heavyweight boxing that attracts people i can say i got into heavyweight boxing more than anything else because i was like oh Anthony Joshua, this guy's huge. I yeah, want to see him exactly, fight. Exactly. There's just something about enormous 250-pound, 270-pound men just going at it. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's quite funny, I think, that people who just have never had an interest in boxing yeah, before. Up. I mean, we have a friend who I'm thinking about that just like <laughs> <Yeah>. doesn't, <laughs> didn't really seem too interested in boxing and then all of a sudden... He's going... Just watching these heavyweight yeah. fights all over the world. Yeah, as if yeah, super into boxing, super into heavyweight boxing. So, I think bo- no sort of diehard boxing fans will get a bit annoyed. Yeah, with like people like me just jumping in on the bandwagon of boxing and talking about heavyweight fights like I know I'm talking about. 
It's um, just so easy to get into. Yeah, it really is. It's very it's, appealing. I know. And look, uh, I was I was uh, just talking to my friend the other day for uh, lunch, and he was like, "Look, I don't I don't ever watch boxing, but I had twenty friends over. Yeah, to watch the Fury Wilder fight, and it was so hype. Yeah, it's fun." Yeah, and I think boxing will never ever lose that. There's something primitive about watching two men just beat the shit out of each other that uh, it will never never disappear. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, just how it works. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't explain it. I can't explain. It. I don't. And maybe th- th- you get the same thing with the UFC, but I wouldn't even say it's at the same level. It doesn't do it. I mean, I like I like I watch some UFC. I only watch the big fights. Right. But it doesn't. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. It's not the same as as boxing, and I don't know why. I don't know why that is. We'll never find out, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right. This is fun. Yeah. Did you have a good, good time? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was I was a little bit nervous, but I hope. <laughs> no, I hope, you did great. I hope it's alright. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to talk about, or are we are we running out of time? I uh, I exhausted my list. Of anything else? Uh, I mean, well, if you, how much time do we have left? We have, a, lot, we have a bunch of time. We have a bunch of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about talk a bit about um, VAR actually. Oh VAR's, yeah, VAR's been on actually, my mind. Actually, I meant to cover that earlier. You're right. I was because I was looking again. We had we today we had we we walked downstairs. We, <laughs> we saw, walked downstairs and Arsenal had scored a goal <laughs> that had then been called offside, and then the VAR check took like it felt like ten minutes. Ridiculous, and there were, and you could see, you see this guy like dragging the cursor over, <laughs> up to his foot, getting like this three D line. It's not even about like the two D parallel last man standing now. It's this three D like his arm might be in the third dimension yeah. over the last defender. Yeah. Yeah. Things that we're just not supposed to actually see, or the linesman can definitely not see. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I I read the other the other week that the uh, international refereeing body is. Allowed the Premier League to make the line thicker, the <laughs> offside line thicker. So now there's sort of, I I have no. I mean, this is it's ridiculous. I mean, who would have thought that of all the things that VAR can't do, it's offsides, which are in theory black and white. Yeah, you're either in front or ahead of the last defender. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I just they have to go this summer when everything's. I guess they can't even because they have Euros, mm-hmm. but. They have to figure it out. I don't even know what you can do. I mean, look, Serie A does the on the sort mm-hmm. of on this pitch. I guess just off the pitch the mon- screen, monitor. Yeah. yeah, they did in the World Cup. Did in the World which Cup, which worked a little better, I think, than what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean it. Because now, as you just, you stand there and you just wait, there's Andre Mariner is standing in the middle of the pitch. He's got his one hand up to the player, time to go away. <laughs> right, you know, he's holding a hand to his ear. No, we're still waiting for five minutes. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. And it, as a fan in the stadium, you really have no idea what's going on. Have you experienced it? Live? Yeah, yeah. When you went to the Watford United game or something else? Uh, yeah, I think it was Watford United game. I uh, I experienced it, um, and it was just it's just ridiculous. You you know you have no idea what's going on. Absolutely no idea what's going on. And it, one of the things that, for example, Rugby Union does well mm-hmm. is they'll put it up on the on the big screen, and you can see exactly what's happening. You can sort of go through the referee's thought process, you can say, okay, well, he's grounded it or he hasn't grounded it or whatever. And that is it like, a, is it engaging for the fans? And it doesn't feel like an eternity while you're waiting for the decision. So I, I think more than anything else, if it's going to take a while, if we can't do anything about that, you have to make it engaging for the fans somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Because it's ridiculous that 
people are paying disgusting amounts of money for Premier League tickets. Yeah. I think even for the players, they score yeah. a goal and they run right into the corner <laughs> to celebrate. But now you can't even do that without the fear of look up at the screen. Oh, VAR. VAR decision. <laughs> and, and all the fans are chanting, VAR, VAR. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Even today, when Lacazette scored that goal, you wait 10 minutes, they get the decision, and then they celebrate like the goal just happened. But yeah. it's definitely, it's not genuine or no, authentic. No, it's, it's It's a problem. It's a problem. And for some reason, the Premier League has decided not to look at Serie A and Bundesliga and the other leagues that have VAR and kind of no, see, cool. see what works, see what doesn't work. Um, well, you might not even have to worry about fans in the stadiums anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. COVID 19's coming. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, VAR, you know, it's a problem. It's a problem and it needs to be, needs to be fixed. I think it, there's a place for it mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a natural step in the right direction mm-hmm. with technology and mm-hmm. everything. It started with the goal line. You know, you have it now. Mm-hmm. That works fine. But they just, they have to refine it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question for you. What? So if you can think of any moment across sort of world football over the past couple yeah. of decades, what moment would you var? Okay. So someone must have asked me this recently, or I saw it somewhere online. Yeah. The first one I thought of was um the Lampard goal. Or against, non-goal against, against Germany. Germany. Yeah, 2010 World Not Cup. just simple goal line technology, which now we have. Yeah. But um, do you have another one? Um, No, I mean, uh, Thierry Henry handball mm-hmm. against Republic of Ireland. They kept them out of the World Cup. It was a big one. I mean, big ones like Maradona. The goal, yeah. Yeah. End of God. Against England. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, actually. Like, you kind of think you think back about yeah. those, those moments that could have been changed completely by VAR. Yeah. Or would they have been messed up further? Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting to think about, but yeah, quite cool. Because imagine you just don't have the hand of God. Yeah, or England. England score against England Germany. England scores against Germany, and it doesn't turn into an embarrassment. But yeah. England, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of a cool thought. Var hot topic for the next how many ever years? Yeah, I mean something has to change for sure. Yeah, for sure. Clear and obvious. <laughs> Whatever that <laughs> means. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, all right thank you for this yeah thank you for having me appreciate Anytime. it hopefully you can uh whenever you're here next yeah you come back on yeah yeah looking forward to it all right thank you all right see you thank you for listening um on draft will be back sometime soon hopefully next week to talk some more basketball some raptors and uh another playoff push see you soon Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.